This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? This is Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. This is actually going to be a Matter of Theology and Conversation Chronicles mashup. We thought, well, what we're going to be talking about goes together, and it's great for the Conversation Chronicles, and it's great for a podcast, so why not do both? I'm Drew, your host, and I'm here, of course, with my other co-hosts, Chris and Josh. Josh is back with us. The man, the myth, the legend. It has Wait, hold on. So this is going to be video recorded? Yeah. And I would have, man, you got to you gotta warn me about that before we hit record. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, it's okay. You look great, man. This is me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> this is me. This is me. Well, here. This, this, and this is us. It's pretty much how it is when we, you know, record a regular podcast. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah look, I look like I'm in a warehouse somewhere. So <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. I'm the only professional one here. I didn't even comb my beard. Come on now. Anyways, we are on Patreon. So if you would like to partner with us, head on over to patreon.com slash matter of theology and become a subscriber. There's a new Why are you thing. Talking so fast. Cause so we can get into it, man. So we can get oh, into okay. it. But Let's there's a new this. thing. There's a new thing though. We are preparing t-shirts. We're preparing t-shirts, just like the one I got on. Now mm. only only like not even a handful of these exist. Not even a handful. So they're very. I, mean, I don't even have one. So yeah, I don't have one either. Like, you guys, like, like, you guys don't have one. This is actually the hosts don't have it. This is actually a sample. <laughs> this is a sample. This was a trial run just to see how the shirt turned out. So, so does that mean that you would be considered a model? You know what? I, I mean. Yes, I would. At, at this point, you you are a model. Let's just let's just leave it there. Work it, buddy. Work it. Work it. Yeah. Here's my here, here's my model look. <laughs> oh man. I call see, it. See, I say things and then like five halfway see, see, into saying things, I I, I regret saying things. We we can't say things are. Things are not going downhill. We're just going to start at the bottom of the hill. We start are at, at the, the bottom the, of the hill. That way, they can only get better from here. Or, or we all grab shovels, one of the two. <laughs> anyway, Make the hill deeper. Yeah. Anyways, moving along. Moving we are on. part of the Christian podcast community, so head on over to strivingforeternity.org 
org if you want to check out some other Christian podcasts. But today on this episode, because it goes so perfect with the Conversation Chronicles, we're going to be talking about unity in Christ, right? That uh, the idea of applying the gospel principles. Today is unity in Christ. Christ. But we're also going to be talking about something that happened this past weekend, and that was a pastor that has written a book called The Woke Church. And he was discussing reparations. Now, the problem with reparations and the gospel is that they don't go together. Now, there is a biblical uh, standard for what we would call restitution, making right, uh, but that with the gospel, uh, the idea of demanding it, demanding it with the gospel, uh, they don't go together. They're not two sides of the same coin. You can't demand one thing, yet also seek unity in Christ. You can't serve two masters. Right. I mean, let's, I mean, yeah. And this, this, the, the concept of reparations has been something that's, that's being, that's been thrown around for, oh goodness, at least, I mean, a couple of years uh, Mm -hmm. recently, but I mean, we'll we'll get into this, but uh, Dr. Eric Mason, uh, Yes, I said his name. I'm going to say his name because of the um, Acts 29 I, network. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Um, no uh, Paul David game. Tripp's pastor. Um, you know, uh, th- th- this guy, yes, he's written a book called Woke Church uh, and proceeded to preach a sermon uh, to try to show a biblical defense for reparations this past week. Um, and it's, I listened to the sermon in its entirety and, and it was very, very difficult to listen to. It's, um, Wrought with eisegesis, or as my brother Daryl Harrison has nicknamed it, uh, ethnogesis. Um, and uh, I mean, basically, it gets to the point where Eric Mason says, if you're not for reparations, then you need to check your justification monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I'm gonna be quiet now. But this yeah, is it's, it's pretty frustrating, and I'm actually really glad that we have Josh here because Josh can kind of bring in that biblical counseling background. Uh, and see how we actually need to apply, because I think this I, th- I think this really goes along with biblical counseling as well. The idea of if someone has been hurt, and we've talked about on, that on past episodes of yep. the Conversation Chronicles, right? Someone's someone's dealing with some past pain, hurts. Uh, you you sympathize with them, right? You you don't want to just completely throw out and reject their their experiences but you do want to kind of get to the bottom to find out whether what they experienced was actually what they said they experienced but there's this idea that we we also want to come up under them and help shepherd them along uh and, and so when someone is demanding payment for something that happened not even to them but a long time ago to possibly their ancestors and we have to find a way to deal with that, but also bring in and explain to them why we are unified in Christ. Uh, 
So what I really want to do is I want to, I want to hammer out the, the reparations part and the restitution aspect. And then I want to move into the unity in Christ. Uh, so first let's talk about reparations. Now, what are reparations? I, I, I think I, I, I don't like the term reparation because mm -hmm. it's not in the Bible. Um, if we're going to be talking about, you know, and, and, and this goes out to, I just think anybody, anybody who's listening, if, if we're going to talk about things that are this, what do you say? Sensitive and this, this, this hot <laughs> of a topic. Um, I, I really think in topics like these precision of language is more important than ever. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I would, and restitution is a biblical term and concept. Mm -hmm. Re reparations really is not. Now you can make the argument, well, it's just an updated term for the same thing. Okay, sure. We can have that argument, but I I'd rather use the term restitution because that, mm -hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you use the term reparations or not, you are wanting something to be restored to you that you are saying you have lost. Right. Or right. that was taken from you. Right. Right. So restitution is a biblical concept. Mm -hmm. it, well, it, it, it is. It is a biblical concept in the law of God that there are, you know, certain parties are, are required uh, in, in certain instances to pay restitution mm -hmm. Correct. to the other party. Mm -hmm. based on whatever the offense was, right? So restitution in and of itself is a biblical concept, but you have to be careful when talking about restitution and not allow yourself, as it's so easy to do in trying to, <laughs> trying to apply biblical concepts to a, to a, social, uh, a social movement, if you will, to not go outside of the scope that Scripture has set for its, the per for, right. for its parameters, right? right. So restitution is biblical. However, there are rules for it. Right. And I think something that would behoove us as good Christian uh, Bereans is to look into scripture for one, what constitutes restitution, what demands restitution, and what situation should restitution be administered or, or, or be required. Um, but also, be careful not to extend the parameters into a situation that does not involve you. Right. Because yeah. the heart of man is very, very selfish. We know this. Um, it is very bent toward wanting uh, to be exalted, mm -hmm. wanting to be, um, uh, you know, justified, if you will, in, in its in its pursuit of the things that it wants. And it's very easy for us to use biblical concepts as excuse or credence to do what we want, right? right. Um, right. Now, there are instances where in, in this whole scenario where restitution needs to happen, there has been injustice for individuals in our country. <laughs> I'm thinking of George Floyd restitution needs to happen. There needs to be something there where the, the perpetrators are brought to justice. Uh, and, and the, 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 uh, that, that crime in and of itself is just 
obviously obviously horrific but but you can't we can't just take restitution and apply it to the entire thing uh because i think it, it it goes out outside of the outside of the uh, parameters of scripture is set. Right. Right. Well, and I think, I think too, uh, and, 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 and that's Josh, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's, there are moments where restitution uh, is required. And, uh, and I think though, where in this specific conversation where the uh, w- what's getting lost in all of this is the truth. What's getting lost in all of this are the facts um, like I would even say, I would even say, and again, we, I think for the most part, uh, there, there's very uh, few who have not seen the video of Mr. George Floyd's death. However, uh, let me, and it's inexcusable. Um, you know, uh, we've talked about that. We did a whole episode on that. Um, you know, however, what's being demanded as far as restitution uh, and, and well, the language that's being used as far as our reparations, we're starting to see some of the same language in what just happened with Jacob Blake. But the problem is with the facts that are coming out now from, from, from you know, the date of this recording, August 27th, 2020, the facts state that Mr. George Floyd had enough fentanyl and methamphetamines in his system that he would have died anyway. Now, not excusing what happened let me be very clear not excusing the fact that Derek Chauvin kept his knee where it was for as long as he did in the way that he did should have rendered aid to Mr. George Floyd quicker but my point in bringing this up is to say this what we're seeing now where you're, you're seeing Black Lives Matter supporters getting on TV yelling and screaming ranting and raving rioting pillaging burning and saying, so what? We are owed these reparations. We are owed this. But the, here's the problem, is their emotions are being run amok because they're, being, they're allowed to just do this. They're, they're allowed to do whatever they want, say whatever they want in the name of a protest. But, but here, here's one of the problems and one of the issues is it's based on a lie. It's based on false information and based upon something that never happened to them. So why I grieve at the fact that George Floyd died, why I hate the way he died. You know, when you look at the facts, still, to date, it has not come out that that Derek Chauvin killed this man based on ethnic hatred. So to demand restitution or reparations for the family of George Floyd based upon a crime that that has Derek Chauvin has not been convicted by a jury of his peers as, as being guilty of anything. He is innocent until proven guilty. Now, I, I think, and I'll, I'll pause here and just let the conversation kind of play out, but when it comes to the biblical concept, the biblical concept of restitution, um, it, it has to be based upon the truth, impartial across the board. Deuteronomy, Leviticus, James, Ephesians, all talk about that. Impartiality is a sin, or excuse me, partiality is a sin. So to, to stand there and from a biblical standpoint and demand or try to defend reparations, 
not based upon a, a, a lie and not the truth is not biblical. So again, I'll, I'll pause there. And I know I said a lot and well, I think this is <laughs> so. I think this is a good example to use as a a biblical um, a example of restitution. So let's take for example Derek Chauvin, George Floyd. We'll say for the sake of argument, um, Derek Chauvin killed and was responsible for the death of George Floyd. Biblical restitution would say that Derek Chauvin is responsible for paying restitution to the family of George Floyd. Not everyone else of the same color as, as right. Derek Chauvin. There's but, no such thing as sin by proxy. Right. Correct. But Derek Chauvin himself is responsible for taking care of that. Um, and, and the family of George Floyd if we're doing biblical restitution, should expect restitution from Derek Chauvin alone, not everyone else. Is, 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 am, am I getting that right, Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that is that is that is correct. I think we and we see that in scripture too. You know, we, we mm -hmm. see either the individual or the family mm -hmm. of the of the individual being given the restitution from the offender. So right. it is always a personal thing. That's the mm -hmm. thing with restitution. Correct. And that's that's one of the main problems, I think, of that's one of the main problems with the the res, the um, reparations argument is that it 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 takes the sins of some and applies the consequences of those sins to all. Mm -hmm. And it takes the restitution that was owed to some and applies that to all. Right. Correct. And, and, and you can't, you can't do that. Um, that there, there as you know, and, and I'll say this with love there, the, the, there's no, as much as you want to try to point to different places in scripture, uh, you're going to be doing some major, major, um, uh, you know, major gymnastics when it comes to trying to uh, <laughs> interpret scripture in a way that's going to define uh, the way, you know, define reparations the way you want. There, there's, mm -hmm. there is no biblical precedence mm -hmm. for an entire people group receiving restitution or reparations for the sin of one one you know one person or one group of people unless unless that entire group of people right. were the ones yep. that were specifically offended against that's right right yeah right and that i think is the crux of the argument mm -hmm. is yes. yeah is can we take uh the sins or the offenses that were committed against our ancestors uh, and claim them as our own. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, that is now this is, yeah. and this is where bring it back to, to Eric Mason. This is what he tried to do with a text in Ezra. Uh, now he later came out with another video that actually said he is trained in biblical exegesis because people were saying he's using a bad exegesis and a false hermeneutic. And he says, well, I'm trained in biblical exegesis. Well, 
I mean, so am I. I've got a master's degree in biblical exposition. So, but to Josh's where'd you, point, where'd you get that master's degree, Drew? Don't worry about it, dog. <laughs> you know what? I went to school the same place you did. <laughs> that's that's for a later episode. Oh, um, that's so good. And I got both my degrees from there, shamedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's get into this to this text now. It, it's very interesting that Eric Mason would even use this text to make his point because of right. how it starts. Now, the text in question is Ezra chapter 1, verse 4. And this is what it says. It says, every survivor. Well, let's just stop right there. This isn't talking about people from back in the past, way back, you know, a couple hundred years ago. This isn't, this isn't talking about them. Is it? No. This is a specific people group that survived something. Every survivor at whatever place he may live. Let the men of that place support him with silver and gold, with goods and cattle, together with a freewill offering for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And it, it was at this point where Eric Mason was saying, with silver, hallelujah, gold, hallelujah, gold. I mean, and he's just, all he's doing is is magnifying the material things. So what, (laughs) he's trying to make a case for why he needs to get stuff. I mean, and I saw a comment that said, this is the new prosperity gospel. Blame it and claim it. Yeah, and then he, after that, he also went on to say that the ten plagues uh, out of Exodus were uh, were pro. It was a protest. It was a protest, yeah. Uh, because we see, uh, you know, we we he he referenced Exodus twelve thirty five and thirty six, saying, "Now the sons of Israel had done according uh, to the word of Moses, for they have requested from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing, mm-hmm. and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians." So that they let, uh, they let them have their request. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. And that's a key word right there. Yeah. Plundered. Oh, yeah. Plundered. They yes. Plundered the Egyptians. Right. Now, being a fan of pirate history, I'm very acquainted with the word plunder. It means you are taking from other people's stuff. You're basically just going in and taking what you want. Now, the difference is here. God is showing favor upon the Israelites right. and and it's actually I mean we could say it's 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 not exactly theft because the Egyptians are actually willingly giving it over but this is a form we could say of restitution but who is it to it's to the people that were enslaved in right. Egypt right right well well here's the thing you you I would even perhaps take a different uh, a different take on it a little bit. And, and the plagues the plagues aren't a wow. Your light went out, bro. You see that? Yeah, yeah. The the plagues aren't a protest. The plagues plagues are a proclamation of the power of God. Right. And when yes. when you when you plunder something, the only reason something will be plundered is because you have conquered 
those people. Correct. Right. So what that is, is actually God showing that he has, he has, he is the one that has broken the bonds of slavery that the Israelites have been in. And he plunders the enemy. Mm -hmm. He renders Mm -hmm. them weak and defeated. So he's, they're just taking what's theirs anyway. They're taking, yeah, they're taking, right, right. So, so you can't, again, you can't just take a text that you think looks good and apply it to your current situation, right? Um, Right. So the, the text in Exodus, and you you can't, you can't use that because here's the thing. The plagues aren't about the people of Israel, right? The plundering isn't about the people of Israel. Exodus isn't about the people of Israel. It's about God. That's right. And it's about God showing his power and his sovereignty and showing his long suffering to a people that were longtime offenders. Right. That's what Exodus is about. It's showing the faithfulness of God to his people and mm-hmm. bringing them out of slavery. Right. It's not about a political statement right. or a political movement of the Israelites. Right. The Israelites weren't marching around Pharaoh's, you know, temple with, with signs and wearing masks and saying, I can't breathe. And, you know, they weren't doing any of that. It was God that was bringing the plagues against Egypt. And it was the people of Egypt that were experiencing the judgment of God, the, the boils, uh, right. the, the, the rivers of blood, the death of every firstborn son. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was god bringing about his judgment upon this land not the israelites protesting egypt right correct all right so now we have kind of a a biblical foundation of what restitution looks like you nor me we don't owe restitution to someone for something that happened in the past that none of us were a part of none of us were affected by and no one today is owed anything from us. The only way they would be owed anything is if we personally sinned against them. But now, moving into that unity in Christ, if we are talking to fellow believers, how does the unity of Christ and the gospel play into believers who have wronged one another should if i have sinned against someone should they expect some sort of payment from me or is it more that i should be uh extending repentance i should be seeking forgiveness uh i I mean because because now once we've actually you know sinned against one another you know should they expect payment and should I be willing to pay? You should definitely be willing to pay. Like if you stole my car mm-hmm. and I confronted you only if it's nicer and, than my car, bro. Yeah. Right. Well, okay, fine. If you stole Chris's car <laughs> <laughs> and he confronted you um, and you repented, you forgave him. Chris is going to expect his car back. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong to expect his car back, Mm -hmm. but you as the offender have it as your primary responsibility to give his car back. 
In other words, Chris shouldn't have to ask for his car back, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's right that Chris, I think, expects his car back because it's his mm -hmm. property and it's a you know it's 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 theft, right? But what we as Christians should have a mind of, we need the mind of Christ. We need a mind of humility and a mind that puts others before ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if I offend somebody in a way that, that requires some sort of restitution after forgiveness, after repentance happens and after forgiveness happens, restitution needs to be my immediate next step mm -hmm. if restitution is required. Yeah. And if right. I crash his car, well, then I should, <laughs> I should pay the value of the car. Uh, yeah, at least the or, interest. Of I mean, or more. Yeah. Or I mean, more. I, I mean, mean, really, I would, I would buy say him a new car at that point. Yeah. The, the value of the car when I took it or right. when you bought it, right. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. say when I took yeah. it, but, but either, either way. So there, it, there are instances where restitution should be made. However, now let's move into this uh this idea of racism because that's what the the conversation chronicles is all about it's about uh how do we apply the gospel in the area of racism now because we've already addressed uh that if we are believers that we are one in Christ there is no color at the cross uh, because because the Christian body, the church body, is made up of every tongue, tribe, and nation. So there is, there's a unity there. The gospel should unite us. Once I have sinned against someone, if I have sinned against someone, there should be a forgiveness. There shouldn't be a continual bitterness. There shouldn't be a continual expecting of some kind of payment every month, right? Or, or uh, of that same value. There should be a forgiveness in there, like we've already talked about uh, in, in, in a past episode. But there should be a unity, a loving one another, a coming together in Christ, because it is the cross that unites us. Hmm. So a couple things, uh, uh, you know, concerning that. Um, first of all, um, we have to remember that Acts seventeen twenty six says that from one man, Adam, mm -hmm. uh, the Lord made many nations, ethnos, ethnicities, uh, and he and the Lord is the one who has directed their steps first and foremost. Uh, so as a reminder, racism and race itself is a social construct that finds no warrant in scripture it's this you have different ethnicities so in christ for those of us in christ we have to remember uh that we are to be one uh i i, I my mind immediately goes to one of my favorite uh chapters in scripture john 17 sanctify them in truth your word is truth uh, starting in that section in verse 17, um, Jesus himself, by the way, in this chapter, if you don't know, this is Christ's high priestly prayer. This is Christ's prayer for his own. Um, and, and this is the, the exclamation point on an incredible sermon that you find through John uh, 14, chapters 14 through 17. Uh, this is the, the prayer at the end of that. So, but Jesus himself prayed 
uh, that we would be unified, that we would be one just as we are one, he prayed. So for those of us in Christ, when it comes to unity, when it comes to uh, the, the, the unification that we're to have, uh, under Christ, we, we remember passages like Colossians chapter three, uh, in the fact that we are told, um, that, uh, we are free in Christ. We're to put on the new self being renewed in the true knowledge, according to the image of the one who created him verse 11 in chapter three, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. And so Paul goes on to say, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And then Paul says to beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So the goal sanctified, sanctified in truth being made new. We are, we are regenerated. We are made whole justified. The process of sanctification uh, initially begins and continues to move on. So as it relates to this conversation concerning, uh, concerning race and, and ethnic hatred, it's, that has no place in, 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 in the Christian's life, in the Christian's thinking. Anyone sins against you, has, has done anything to you, you should be quick to forgive. You should uh, desire to be, forgive, to be forgiving, whether or not you're asked or not. Uh, in that scenario that played out a few minutes ago, Drew steals and crashes my car. I'm going to obviously be upset, but I'm going to forgive him. I am going to forgive him. And so it all comes down to a perspective. Um, do we truly sit and think about and meditate on what we've been saved from, what we've been saved for? Um, and, and so we are called to be unified, to be one. Well, here's the thing. Christ, Christ does not demand payment for past sins. Correct. You know, and, and I think we as Christians can get so caught up like the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18 with what we are owed. And we forget what we have been forgiven. Um, you know, the, and, and, and here's the thing, like, that's why the, <laughs> the web of this is just so, so sticky. And it's just, it, it you can't, there's, there's so many, there's so many things that I think if, again, if I'm, I'm trying to look at this as like a counseling case or something like that, there's so many things that needs to get untangled and then dealt with <laughs> uh, and get, you know, got, gotten to the root of, uh, it's like, we can't look at sins of other people and demand restitution. Can't do that. We can't look into the past uh, from sins that were committed to people that were related to us and demand restitution can't do that. We have to focus on the here and now Christian to Christian and deal and, and, and work in that, that sphere, mm -hmm. that that's where we have to work, mm -hmm. right? Because anything else, us looking back at the offenses that had been either done to us 
or done to people related to us or done to people distantly related to us. Well, and if we're going to look at that, oh, I'm sorry, Josh. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying doing that causes such a mentality of discontentment. Um, you won't have any peace and it's going to root up any love that you have for your brothers and sisters because you are constantly viewing them through the lens of what they owe you. Mm-hmm. Right. It becomes Instead more of, about you more and more and more and more. Right. Right. And, and here's the thing in this, in this, in, in the entirety of this argument, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I think I would be amiss to mention this. We need to have compassion for each other. Right. There are individuals that are, you know, working through all of this social stuff and we might not, not be on the same page. Right. But I know just, just personally, um, like how easy it is to claim things for myself, take responsibility for things for myself. I'm not, I'm not right in doing that. Like I can be offended on somebody's behalf. Sometimes that's okay. But, but we need, we need to have grace through this entire thing and realize that the, there's a lot of people that are feeling real emotions and feeling real pain and feeling real anger. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. saying that that's justified, but we need to, even, even in the midst of this, as we're speaking truth to these individuals, look at them as Christ would, that these are people that whether they are Christians or not still need Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that's going to change their current uh mindset if you will of uh, of of dwelling on things that frankly aren't going to advance the gospel of christ at all uh the only thing that's going to change that is a deeper relationship with christ and focusing on the unity that we have in christ when uh, instead of what we owe each other mm-hmm. yeah yeah now there's w- w- when we take that and we try to couple that with what eric mason is saying we don't get, we, we don't arrive at unity in Christ. In fact, we get these continual divisions. And Chris just disappeared on us. He gone. He gone. He was probably yeah. like, man, this is too deep for me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we get these continual divisions because then we, I, I mean, like you said, we start viewing everyone through the lens of what they owe us so right. much so that we could even, someone could owe us nothing. And we, we just start looking at someone as though they do owe us something. Well, here's the thing. I guarantee you, I can go back in my life and find somebody that, that owed me something that, mm-hmm. that didn't pay. Right. Like I guarantee yeah. you, I can probably wouldn't be that hard. Uh, is that a beneficial Christ-like thing to do? Does Christ do that to us? Right. Right. And, and, no, he doesn't, right? But you know, again, that doesn't mean I just throw it, throw everyone out, and everyone who who says that, I just say, well, you're an idiot, and then just just forget about them. No, we need to be addressing this with scripture, addressing this with the gospel, and I want to be the guy who's wanting to bring people together because of the unity of the gospel, mm-hmm. and understand that in Christ there is freedom of sins, mm-hmm. there is freedom of condemnation. Uh, because Christ took that for you. Right, right. Now, we can look at, I think a great application is looking at First uh, Corinthians. First Corinthians, there was so much division, and this was 
because, you know, people were saying I hold to Apollos. People were saying I hold to Paul that this, that, and the other. And, and there were schisms that were, that were coming. Mm-hmm. And then Paul gets into uh, chapter 13 and he's talking about what does love look like? And in that he goes through this list and one of them is not keeping a record of wrongs. So as Christ followers, we are not to keep those records of wrongs because then we're constantly referring back to it to say, you owe me this, you owe me that. Hey, remember that time you did this? Yeah, you owe me for that too. That is not the unity and the love that we should be displaying as Christ followers. Well, no, I mean, and and Paul Paul got on Peter for the same thing. Peter, when Peter was showing mm-hmm. preference to his right. people, right? That's preference right. to people that were of the same um, ethnic, uh, you know, descendant uh, descendancy as him. Right, right. He right. pulled away from, from from the Greeks in order to to go uh, uh, spend time with the Jews. Right. Because right. because they had come into town to where they were and he didn't want to be associated with them. He wanted to be associated with the Jews. Right. Right. And, and, and Paul and Paul, Paul took him to task for that. Right. Because showing showing partiality in any instance for any reason among right. Christians is wrong mm-hmm. and right. it's antithetical to the gospel. And it's not like Christ because, here's you know, Christ. <laughs> We are never, ever more like Christ and, and exemplify his person than when we forgive each other. Mm. That is the greatest sign uh, and the greatest testimony of showing Christ to one another is when we say, I forgive you. And we have to follow through with that and forgive like Christ. When Christ forgave, he does not bring our sins back and throw them in our face. That's what right. Satan does. Right. Right. And that right? was going to be what I said next is, is we're never more like Christ than when we forgive the way that Christ does. But we are never more like the enemy. We are never more like Satan when we refuse to and demand payment uh, for something that Christ has already paid for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. By the way, yeah. welcome back, Chris. Yeah, I have no idea my internet crashed. We 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 acknowledged your disappearance. Well, I, I, I now now we acknowledge your return. Comcast owes you restitution. They are, Comcast, I need reparations now. You know what? They owe me restitution. I'm just saying it's it was forever the other night just to get someone on the phone. Well, and <laughs> something I want to say real quick too, um, and and this kind of goes back to my my original point um, at the beginning of this conversation was. If we're going to go back and we're going to demand uh, restitution, reparations uh, for, um, and, and, you know, for slavery, for uh, what's happened in this country, um, you know, th- there's, we have to go back and look at the entire history. We have to go back. And again, that's why I keep, I keep coming back to the truth and facts. It matters. It matters the fact, you know, that, that. That slavery did not begin around the 1800s with the Civil War. It was happening in the 1600s in the country of Africa. Africans owning Africans, selling mm. Africans. When you look at, uh, do your research. Go and look. Go read uh, slave narratives. Go go have conversations with people about that. Go look that stuff up. I mean, if you're going to demand 
reparation and restitution for something that didn't happen to you and that happened years upon years upon years ago, centuries ago, then you have to look at the entire history. Mm-hmm. But but what's interesting is is the, the the issue with that is is when you start digging into that uh, and really looking at that, it's it's you know it, it's not going to work in your favor if you're just going to sit there and demand that. And that's what's so frustrating for me to hear somebody like Dr. Eric Mason launch into this and 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 continue to create division and then to say things like you need to check your justification monitor if you don't think that black people are, are owed res- reparations in this country mm-hmm. when i'm sorry you you claim to be reformed dr mason so do, shouldn't that mean that you that you hold to the doctrines of grace that you you understand what you've been saved from and for and, and and you understand with the grace of God and how that works and the purpose of the sacrifice, the 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 life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, how it reconciles us to God, but then also gives us the ability to truly be reconciled to one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you you know, you go, you, you were talking about going back in time, uh, not just in the 1800s, but also to the 1600s. Yeah. Before the Atlantic slave trade took place. Now let's just let's just talk about America, right? Let's talk about the 1800s. To demand restitution, or or, or the word that they're using is reparations. In the state of South Carolina alone, there were 200 black slave owners. So now how do you know that your family wasn't one of those that owned slaves? And now you are demanding reparations, but you could quite possibly be the one that has to owe. Now, how do you play that out? Right. Well, and that's, that, that, that's one of my points. And I, I didn't mean to kind of bring us back to that. I, I jumped off. And so I just came back in and, and Josh was, uh, Josh was doing his thing and it was awesome. He was um, doing Josh things. He was doing Josh things and, <laughs> and, and really bringing it down to a heart issue. But you know, it's, it's, uh, we have, we have to look at the, we have to look at the entire past. And then, and then again, we have to look at the power of the gospel. Yeah. You know, w- one of the things that, that Dr. Mason said towards the end of this sermon is he, you know, he said, quote, now I'm not saying that reparations is going to bring peace on earth. Jesus will be priest of peace on earth. However, while we're on earth, we got to make the most of our time and make the most of our minyas. To whom was given more, more will be given to him. Period. Close quote. And to which my first question is, well, if Jesus brings peace on earth and peace between us and God and each other, what what do Stop! Stop trying to 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 Josh's point. Other stop! Stop with the gymnastics. Stop with the twisting. You know what's what's really funny about this too is he's a part of the Acts Twenty Nine Network, right? Wasn't it Matt Chandler who said the Bible's not about you? (laughs) And here, here we find ourselves with someone who again claims to be reformed and is is trying to make a biblical case for for something that is nowhere in Scripture. So, yeah, I mean that just goes to show that. Just because your Acts twenty nine doesn't make you solid, so. But, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, the here here's the idea, guys. 
if we are believers in Christ, then we are united by Christ's blood. And to Josh's point and to Chris's points, we should be willing to forgive like Christ forgave. Absolutely. Husbands, think about this. How often do you sin against your wife? And how often does she show grace to you? How much more do you sin against Christ that Christ shows grace to you? We are not to lord it over one another when we sin against one another because our Savior does not lord it over us when we sin against him. And we sin against him daily. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. We, we, yeah. We need to stop demanding a price for a penalty already paid. Yep. Amen. Amen. It, 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 it's honestly that simple. And, and I think uh, the problem is when you try to view heart issues through a social lens, things get messy and the, yeah. the water gets murky, uh, very, very murky. And it's hard to know where to stand and what arguments to make. Let's bring it to the gospel. If Christ is at the center, it clears everything up. We are united in Christ. Christ is all in all. Our payments have been paid in full. We are to forgive like Christ and leave no room for any type of partiality, yes. any type of division. The entirety of our relationships with each other should be, should be surrounding one thing and one thing only, and that's Christ and his gospel. There is no room for anything else other than that. Amen. Amen. I think that is a great place to stop this conversation. Um, I think that gets to the heart of unity in Christ and what it means to apply the gospel in this conversation of race and racism. We need to stop demanding. And Josh, I love the way you said that. We need to stop demanding a price for a penalty that is already paid. If you are a believer in Christ, then we are united by his blood, by his sacrifice. Therefore, anyone that sins against you, if they owe you restitution, make sure it is biblical restitution. If justice is to be paid and served, let it be biblical justice, not a justice of your own devices, not a restitution of your own devices, but based solely on the word of God alone. And with that, we're going to end this portion of the Conversation Chronicles. We hope that it was beneficial to you. Please, if you have not, go check out some of the other episodes. They're very informative as well. But with that, we're going to get out of here and we'll catch you on the next one.